Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports, back here with another solo episode discussing another historical figure. If you guys like that, uh, the story of Spartacus episode, I really hope you'll enjoy this one. This is another um, kind of, uh, not a legend, but more of a guy that, you know, was a part of really significant events and things that you really wouldn't expect. Um, but his name was Hugh Glass, and... Just to give you a little bit of information on him, Hugh Glass was born in Pennsylvania to Irish parents who had immigrated from present-day Northern Ireland. His life before the famous bear attack is largely unverifiable, and his frontier story contained numerous embellishments. So, which pretty much that goes into, this is another kind of Spartacus-like figure. Um... A lot of his life and story and journey is told through conversation and gospel and not religious gospel, but, you know, gossip. You know, people kind of created him through time and, and building him up based on maybe lies, but also maybe based on some truths. I mean, if you watch the film The Revenant featuring Leonardo DiCaprio, I think it was 2018, um, which the review of that will be up next. Um, on the podcast, so keep an eye out for that. But uh, it just goes to show you that, gosh, there were some grand adventures back in those times. I mean, the frontier was really the frontier. But um, let me pull up some Hugh Glass information. Um, I'm getting my information today from Britannica.com as well as Wikipedia and History.net. Just some sites if you are ever interested in maybe looking up someone that you um, want to learn about or maybe just a time uh, frame or a time era. Definitely recommend uh, History.net and Britannica. I actually really like both of those websites. And Wikipedia is Wikipedia, obviously. You take it with a grain of salt. Um, but here, let's, let's go into his, I guess, little biography here. Hugh Glass... The bear, attack sur- the bear Attack Survivor, 1783-1833, was an American frontiersman, fur trapper, trader, hunter, and explorer. He is best known for his story of survival and forgiveness after being left for dead by companions when he was mauled by a grizzly bear. And this is where you kind of learn more about Hugh Glass. Um, he was born in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and he died... Uh, 1833, approximately 50 years old, um, in an unorganized U.S. territory near present-day Williston, North Dakota. So another kind of cool fact. Um, Other names, Old Hugh, Old Renault, Old Glass, and um, his employer was actually the Rocky Mountain Fur Company, and uh, Jean Lafayette, uh, Jean Lafayette, self he was a French pirate. He was employed by a, a French pirate. That's pretty cool. Known for surviving that grizzly attack, obviously, which we'll probably dive into um, more in depth in the film review. But just kind of talking about Hugh Glass, going back to this. No records exist regarding his origins, but he is widely said to have been born in Pennsylvania to Scott-slash-Irish parents... Glass became an explorer of the watershed of the Upper Missouri River in present-day Montana and the Dakotas, 
and the Plateau, uh, the Plate River area of Nebraska. His life story has been the basis of two feature-length films, Man in the Wilderness of 1971 and The Revenant of 2015. They both portray the survival struggle of Glass, who crawled and stumbled 200 miles to Fort Kiowa in South Dakota after being abandoned without supplies or weapons by fellow explorers and fur traders during General Ashley's expedition of 1823. Another version of the story was told in 1966 episode of the TV series Death Valley Days titled Hugh Glass Meets the Bear. Despite the story's popularity, its accuracy has been disputed. It was first recorded in 1825, the Fort Folio, a Philadelphia literary uh, journal, as a literary piece and later picked up by various newspapers, although originally published anonymously, it was later revealed to be the work of James Hall brother of the uh, portfolio's editor there is no right uh, there's no writing from hugh glass himself to corroborate the veracity of the story also it is likely to have been embellished over the years as a legend as i was talking about this guy's you know whole journey and path was elevated due to potentially present time greatness of it and then just over time it became something greater like achilles like spartacus um, obviously not as big as those guys, legacy-wise, but his his life was amazing. Um, the dude lived a full fucking life. Um, it's actually very interesting. Apparently, him and some mountain men maintained a close relationship with some uh, particular Native American tribes. Um, but let's talk about General Ashley's expedition of 1823 here briefly. In 1822, many men responded to an advertisement in the Missouri Gazette and public advise, uh, advertiser placed by General William Henry Ashley, which called for the, a corpse of 100 men to ascend the river, uh, ascend the river Missouri, quote-unquote. As part of the fur trade adventure, many of them, who later earned reputations as famous mountain men, joined the enterprise including James Beckworth, David Jackson, William Suttle, Jim Bridger, John S. Fitzgerald, James Clyman, Jebediah Smith, these men were other these men and others would later be known as Ashley's Hundred. Glass, however, did not join Ashley's company until the next year, when he ascended the Missouri River with Ashley in June uh, 1823. They met up with many of the men that had joined in 1822 and were attacked by Arakara warriors. Glass was apparently shot in the leg. Um, and the survivors retreated downstream and sent for help. Glass wrote a letter to the parents of John S. Gardner, killed June 2nd, 1823. Dear Sir, my painful, my painful duty is to tell you of the death of your son who befell at the hands of the Indians, 2nd June, early in the morning. He died a little while after he was shot and asked me to inform you of his sad fate. We brought him to the ship when he soon died. Mr. Smith, a young man of our company, made a powerful prayer who moved us all greatly, and I'm persuaded John died in peace. His body we buried with others near this camp and marked the grave with a log. His things we will send you. The savages are greatly treacherous. We traded with them as friends, but after a great storm of rain and thunder, they came at us before light and many were hurt. I myself was shot in the leg, 
Master Ashley is bound to stay in these parts till the traitors are rightly punished. Yours truly, observant, special SVT, Hugh Glass. That's very, very cool how they used to write back then, but that's, that's, a, that's a whole conversation in itself. Wow. But getting into that grizzly bear mauling, but let's, let's break down the actual expedition. So it looks like that they went to not only explore the Missouri River, but to dive into the fur trading and set up some kind of camp or base there to, you know, kind of use it as a lucrative source of income. Um, but obviously the Native Americans were not happy with something and they attacked them and may have pushed them out. It looks like they retreated. Yeah, they did retreat after that. So, kind of a W for the Native Americans, but Hugh Glass and his boys, not so much. Moving forward to the grizzly bear mauling, Glass and the best and the rest of Ashley's party eventually returned to Fort Kiawa to regroup for the, for the trip west. Andrew Henry, Ashley's partner, had joined the group, and he, alongside Glass and several others, set out overland the Yellowstone River, near the forks of the Grand River near present-day Shade Hill Reservoir, Perks County, South Dakota, while scouting for game for the expedition larder, Glass, surpri um, Glass surprised and disturbed a mother grizzly bear with two cubs. The bear charged, picked him up, bit, slashed, and lacerated his flesh, severely wounded him, and forced him to the ground. Hearing Glass, Glass's scream for help, several of the party made their way to Glass and killed the bear. In words attributed to another trapper, Hiriam Allen, or Allen, who was at the scene, Quote, unquote, the monster had torn the flesh from the lower part of the body and from the lower limbs. He also had his neck shockingly torn, even to the degree that an, a, uh, a percher appeared to have been made into the windpipe and his breath to exude, uh, exude at the side of his neck. Blood flowed freely, but unfortunately no bone was, but fortunately no bone was broken and his hands and arms were not disabled. The men were convinced Glass would not survive his injuries. Nevertheless, they carried Glass and on a litter for two days, but doing so greatly slowed the pace of the team's travel. Henry asked for two volunteers to stay with Glass until he died and then bury him. John S. Fitzgerald and a man later identified as Bridges stepped forward, and as the rest of the party moved on, began digging his grave later claiming that they were interrupted by attacking Arikara. The pair grabbed the rifle, knife, and other equipment belonging to Glass and took flight. Fitzgerald and Bridges later caught up with the party and incorrectly reported to Ashley that Glass had died. There is a debate whether Bridges was actually famed mountain man Jim Bridger, so no one really knows the actual identity of Bri uh, Bridges, but I imagine it is... Uh, Jim Bridger, who we did see his name uh, previously notated. Despite his injuries, Glass regained consciousness, but found himself abandoned without weapons or equipment. He had festering wounds, a broken leg, and deep cuts on his back, and an exposed bare ribs. Glass laid mutilated alone more than 200 miles, almost 320 kilometers, from the nearest American settlement at Fort Kiawa on the Missouri River. Glass set the bone of his broken leg, wrapped himself in the bear hide his companions had placed over him as a shroud, and began crawling back to Fort Kiawa to prevent 
gangrene, glass allowed maggots to eat the dead infected flesh in his wounds. Using Thunder uh, Butte as navigational as a um, navigational landmark, Glass crawled over land south towards the Cheyenne River, where he fashioned a rude craft and floated downstream to Fort Kiowa. The journey took him six weeks. He survived mostly on wild berries and roots. And then he did go after Fitzgerald and Bridges. After recovering from his wounds, Glass set out again to find Fitzgerald and Bridges. He eventually traveled to Fort Henry on the Yellowstone River, but found it deserted. A note indicated that Andrew Henry and a company had relocated to a new camp at the mouth of the Bighorn River. Arriving there, Glass found Bridges, but apparently forgave him because of his youth, and then re-enlisted with Ashley's company. Glass later learned that Fitzgerald had joined the Army and was stationed at Fort Atkinson in present-day Nebraska. Glass reportedly spared Fitzgerald's life because he would, be, he would be killed by the Army captain for killing a soldier of the United States Army. However, the captain asked Fitzgerald to return the stolen rifle to Glass, and before departing, Glass warned Fitzgerald never to leave the army, or he would still kill him. According to Yount's story, Glass also obtained $300 as compensation, which doesn't sound like much now, but back then that was probably a fortune. Um, yeah, we can touch on General Ashley here. He looks like he did a mail run for Fort Atkinson. They traveled up the... Uh, Powder River. He did a lot of like intercontinental, like river traveling. It seems, and did a lot of you know some of that some of that frontier stuff. You know, moving from base to base. And um, General Ashley, shout out to him. Glass was killed along with two of his fellow trappers in early 1833 on the Yellowstone River in an attack by the Arikara. A monument to glass now stands near the site of his mauling on the southern shore of present-day Shade Hill Reservoir in Perkins County, South Dakota, at the forks of the Grand River. Nearby, the Hugh Glass Lakeside use area is a free state-managed campground and picnic area. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, this guy's life was full of... I, I mean, just obviously, you know, reading someone's life in totality... You know, it's going to sound crazy, but uh, there, there are those dull moments. But I feel like back in those times, um, there was a little more oomph, a little more mystery out there. And uh, the world was a lot bigger, you know. So your journey and your adventures were so much grander. You know, the world got smaller when we got those mini computers in our pockets. And just technology in general has shrunk the world for everyone. But in the world back then, that big... People, not written, not too many people, I, I guess you could say, but I guess purposes were more defined back then, uh, if that makes sense. But uh, one of the things that I really like got drawn to to Hugh Glass's story was there was debates and rumors and you know legend that the reason that there was a potential hit put out on him by the Avrikara tribe, I believe, there was a possibility that, you know, in years past, he potentially impregnated a Native American woman, had a son, and then when army rangers or, you know, the cavalry came 
came through, they found him, and he was a deserter, or um, you know, you would you would call a traitor, and they destroyed his entire village, and you know, he apparently shot that officer down. But obviously, a lot of that is just lore, legend, whatever you want to say. But I just think that in general, this is one of the more interesting figures throughout history, in my personal opinion. You know, just being a fur trader, you know, being able to, you know, be one of the first, I guess, true Americans on some of these rivers and meeting some of these people, trading with Native American tribes. Um, and, and we saw that um, mountain men apparently were very, you know, they were able to maintain consistent relationships with Native American tribes in that area. But I imagine hostile tribes gave them plenty of trouble. Um but just the, the the onslaught of, you know, just the ruggedness and rawness of how it was back then just really, it really captivates me personally. And I also just think that his story is insane. The man survived a bear attack. Um, and, and, you know, he, he survived Native American attacks. He was a fur trader. He was traveling massive rivers in the middle of the country or the continent. And um, I just thought that that, kind of really spoke for itself and maybe you know hopefully all of you guys out there listening uh, learned something um, I know I definitely did and I, I try and bring that uh, as much as I can and just before I wrap this episode up for sure um, I would just like to have a little announcement here we have um, kind of not really I wouldn't call this a sub-series because it's still a part of the show but Brandon is going to have his own solo episodes episode templates it's still going to be a part of the actual podcast, but um, just I wanted him to have some individuality to it, you know. So definitely listen to the Windy City Reports episodes, potentially maybe even a branch off pod later on down the road. Um, but he will definitely be pumping out a bunch of Chicago content just in general, sports, artists, you name it. Um, but uh, just keep an eye out for that, and that should be coming up here pretty soon, his first episode drop, so... Definitely show that some love and make sure you guys are following us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, threads, at Tea Time Reports. Our YouTube should be up here hopefully within the next couple of weeks um, and we'll get consistent content on all platforms. And make sure you guys are actually following the show on whatever platform you're listening to this on and uh, it's definitely greatly appreciated. It goes a long way and definitely shout out to everyone out there supporting us and um, you know listening in, tuning in whenever you can. It's it, uh, it, it's what this show is about, you know, reaching as many people as we can in any kind of positive way we can. If it's humor, if it's jokes, if it's something serious, something educational, sports, music, film, whatever we can bring you, that's what we'll do. And we'll make sure that it's authentic and real and just genuine. And I think that's all you can really hope for, especially with, um, you know, a craft such as podcasting. But um, shout out to Hugh Glass and his amazing story. Uh, I didn't cover everything. I mean, how can you cover a man's life in, in an episode? I mean, you really can't. But uh, I, I hope that, you know, I at least covered some of the interesting parts to get everyone out there potentially interested in watching some of those movies that were based on him. Or maybe even doing your own research and checking him out yourself. You know, see what see what the buzz is about uh Hugh Glass, but the, the bear the bear story is what really is like fuck. Like, yo, that is that sets it apart. And I think that's why I think in general I got interested in Hugh Glass, but I know for sure that I got interested in his character slash 
you know, real life personality and persona through the film The Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio, who he did win his first Oscar and only Oscar in that film. So if that doesn't say much, then I don't know what else to say, you know, but his story won an Oscar. And <laughs> let's just say that. Let's just say that. And, and there you go, you know. Um, but yeah, make sure you guys are looking out for uh, Brandon's episodes coming out here pretty soon. Um, and, and make sure you guys are following us on all social media platforms and downloading and following the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And everyone out there, have a great day, evening, night, wherever, whenever you're listening to this. Everyone over here at Tea Time Reports greatly appreciates you. And we just want you all to have a great day and a, you know, a great year, a great week. This is uh, Trevor signing off. Take care, everyone.